Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get sports and you get nerd stuff. Last week, you got a little bit of sports stuff when uh, Craig Neal stopped by to give us our NFL draft picks. And I'm going to be honest, I think that that particular podcast needs to have more people listening to it because Craig and I, not to brag, but we worked our draft board to stunning accuracy. And, you know, we're not even getting paid like most of the uh, NFL, the ESPN guys and whatnot who are out there making pretty crappy draft boards. But uh, this week you're going to get a heavy dose of nerd stuff because we're going to do our uh, – we went to go see Age of Ultron over the weekend. We're going to do our Ultron review slash, you know, talking about how we felt about it. And uh, later on in the week we're going to have a little fun because we're going to record another commentary track. Uh, but right now we're going to be talking uh, Age of Ultron, the second Avengers movie. And with me today is Kevin Miller. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me again. Uh, I was wondering if you were actually going to remember to introduce me in that. <laughs> no, I'll work my way to it. Um, so, uh, Age of Ultron, uh, when did you go see it, and uh, who did you go see it with? I saw it on Saturday night um, with my friend Adam. Actually, I've recorded a few podcasts with him as well. Maybe I'll drop some plugs at the end of this show, but... Uh... Yeah, just kind of, there were a few other people who were supposed to come with us, kind of dropped out because we, you know, had to go to the 1030 show because of timing and seats available and whatnot. But uh, yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> Was it packed when you were there? Uh, it became packed, yeah. We went to the, uh, like, got those Empire Extra seats so that we could book seats in advance and not have to worry about showing up an hour and a half early to stand in line and everything like that. So the 7 o'clock show was booked already, but we paid a couple extra bucks, got some good seats, and by the time uh, everyone else got their seats, it was full, definitely. Yeah, we went to the uh, – I, I, the fiancé and, and I went to the 12.30 show, actually. It was, a, it was an afternoon show because I had a softball game later on in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty full when we got there, not packed. Like I think like if you showed up late, you could have – it wasn't one of those things where you had to be there like an hour early in order to well, find This is like, seats. what, a Sunday afternoon? Or? Yeah, it was a Sunday afternoon, but opening weekend, so I thought maybe. There were a lot yeah. of, uh, you know, like kids there, a lot of like 7 to 12-year-olds yeah, for, yeah, for sure. this particular one with their parents, maybe even younger, like 5 to 12-year-olds. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, n- none of the kids got, um, they, there wasn't any like kid situations with like kids running through the aisles or any kind of you know, oh, sure, yeah. crap like that. So every like there were a lot of kids there, and a lot of them were extremely well behaved. So uh, good for them. Oh, they're um, just as deep in as we are. <laughs> yeah, at this point for this particular stuff. Um, so I guess this is kind of going to be an impromptu version of uh, the good, the bad, and the math that we did uh, for all the comic book movies. But this is kind of going to be our first actual review since it's the first of the comic book movies that's come out since I started this podcast. So uh, and, and just to um, get it up up front, uh, is this spoiler heavy? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I was gonna say uh, let's uh, go ahead and preface this with uh, once again a big fat spoiler alert. So if you have not seen Avengers Two: Age of Ultron, uh, uh, skip ahead uh, to because we're gonna talk about because they released a bunch of photos for the Suicide Squad. So if you just want to hear that, I'll I'll tell you where to skip ahead in the uh, the uh, the the rundown for this particular episode once we get to it. You should actually uh, garage band together a chunk chunk spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> when I get when when we're rich enough that I get my soundboard, we'll, oh, yeah, we'll, when you can, uh, we'll have a morning zoo. Sir. <laughs> yeah, we'll have a morning zoo spoiler alert type of drop. Um 
Because I want to get the Jamaican horns, but unfortunately that would be a ripoff of <laughs> my favorite sports radio show, Tim and Sid, because they do that. And, and like that show is, has heavy influence on me and how I live your life. Yeah, how I live my life, but also like heavy influence on this particular podcast and stuff, at least uh, sports wise for whatnot. But I don't, I don't want to step on anybody's corner. So uh, uh, yeah, but we're going to go ahead and say uh, spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen Age of Ultron, then you should probably come back later. And if you don't care about spoilers, uh, here we go. Uh, so I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. off the top, just what you liked, what you didn't like, what you, what you thought they nailed, what you thought they messed up, just your overall feelings on Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. Go ahead. Um, I... Well, there's a lot of stuff I like. I don't even know where to start here. Uh, I think that it's too recent for me. Like, I saw it basically a day and a half ago at this point. Uh, I think that this one will eventually, like, once I have some time to percolate it, uh, think about it a little more, I think that I will like it. I I think that it'll be one of, like, my top five of the Marvel movies. Um, I think that it's better than the first Avengers. Um what, what's your that's opinion? a bold that's a bold statement sir better than the first one because a lot of people uh a lot of the cats on the internet right now would uh it seems like the buzz is that they would seemingly disagree um hmm. there were a lot of things that i liked and a lot of things that i didn't well, actually not not a lot of things that i didn't like my biggest issue with this movie just as storytelling like nothing to do with the actual yeah, I have a I have a complaint here as well, but go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say the pacing of the movie, especially in that first hour, is off. Like it's it, like it's very off. Like it like it's 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 fast. There's a lot of stuff happening. Like it's paced. It's like all of a sudden we're it's like hey we're in we're fighting we're fighting. And like it's a lot of it like everything fighting, we're fighting. the Hulkbuster. Yeah, it's a lot of it is we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, and now we're at a party, have it hanging out, hanging out, and all of a sudden, oh hey, hang on, uh, buddy's here. Or, party like, turned into fighting. <laughs> yeah, party turns into fighting, and we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, we're fighting, and now we're just kind of talking. And the first hour was like that because it went from basically the Avengers were fighting in a forest in a, like a, a frozen forest. It looked like a set of Game of Thrones. Um, riding motorcycles. I really that opening scene. Actually. Oh yeah, I thought it was great, but it was like that happened and it was fast. Cause like that, that was like 10 minutes and we were, we were in and out and then it was now we're hanging out at, uh, or th- then we go through a montage of them building Ultron and then all of a yeah, sudden that was, fun. that was the, the, we're doing science montage. Yeah. The we're doing science montage. And then once the we're doing science montage of them trying to build Ultron was over, it was, Hey, we're doing a, or it, actually they were like, Hey, we got to go to a party. But before there's a party, Ultron's alive. And now he's all of a sudden taking over Jarvis. And then it's like, okay, now we're actually at the party. And now that the party is over and it's like, we're all trying to lift Thor's hammer and it's kind of funny. And then Ultron shows up and it's like, we're fighting Ultron all of a sudden. And then it's, and this all happened in like 15 minutes. Like it was like the first 15 minutes. Um, So yeah, I'd say the pacing of that first hour, just movie wise was a little staggering. Yeah. A little (laughs) off. Yeah. And they were trying to hit, like it was very Joss Whedon-y. Yeah. Like you could tell, like, cause he was kind of all over the place and, um, and, and a lot of it, I assume a lot of it had to do with the fact, well, this is a long movie. We should, we should probably just say that. Like it is yeah, what, 230, 141 minutes. Was it 141? Yeah. I thought it was like, uh, so, two, so that's, yes, yeah, 220. I was going to say it felt like 235. Um, I thought it was 
like that first hour, like they're just all over the place. And then there's a couple of slow scenes in the middle. Um, like overall, like I think this is a good movie, but I just, I feel like I, I, man, that first hour, the pacing to me was just so off and it made me uncomfortable, quite frankly. I don't know. I guess I didn't mind it because it definitely sets an excited pace and I was excited to be there. Um, like I really like how they just kind of throw you in medias res. And from what I understand, and I had, didn't have a chance to catch up because real life got in the way this past week or so. Um, but uh, from what I understand, the um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television series kind of tied into the, what was happening at the beginning of the uh, movie. Yeah. Which is why just kind of threw you in so that, you know, people who were fans of the show could just be like, yeah, we know what's going on already. Kind of, sort of. Well, I don't know. Do you want me to spoil Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for you? Because it's... Eh, I mean, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I'll I'll do my best not to spoil the whole thing, but basically, they're using um, this season of Agents of Shield because, like, we're gonna do a review in the next couple of weeks of uh, like I want us to do a full like Flash Agents, of, yeah, full oh, okay, Flash, okay. Arrow, and uh, once all because all those shows are ending in like two or three weeks, and then we'll do like a big pot on all three of those. Mm-hmm. But uh, this season's Agents of Shield has primarily been done to set up the Inhumans. Like, they, they want to do an Inhumans movie, but I don't think, like, they wanted it to come out in, like, 2017, but now it looks like they're not going to get it out to 2018. So they're basically using the well, second I, season. Uh, from what I heard, that uh, introducing uh, Spider-Man back into the MCU pushed a lot of stuff back a year or even two years. Yeah, because they wanted, yeah, like, like I said, so they're, they, they were creating the Inhumans. So basically, the Inhumans is a comic book uh, done by Marvel Miller, and basically the premise of it is, the Kree, which are the um, the blue guys that uh, uh, were in Guardians of the Galaxy, like the blue alien guys, like right, Ronan, yeah. Ronan, Ronan the Accuser, the bad guy who lost the dance off in uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, is, is yeah, is Kree, and uh, the Kree were at war with, I believe they were called the Skrull or the Skull. The Skull or the Skrull, I don't remember off the top of my dome piece. Skrull sounds familiar. Yeah, I think it's Skrull, and one of the things that they did um, was they noticed, like the Kree noticed that human, like Earth had human beings, basically. So they built these temples on Earth that um, were designed to unlock hidden powers. Ah, okay, okay. I see how this is tying in. Yeah, it, that unlocked powers in, you know, certain human, like certain humans would be quote unquote worthy of going through this ritual where you go into the temple and you put like a gem i forget the name of the gem you put the gem in the temple and then this mist hits you and it basically terraforms you into or they call it terra genesis or something like that sure you you know made up comic book word and it gives you superpowers and everybody's superpower ends up being different obviously and Uh humans are these people and they introduce these people in agents of shield and i'll get more into depth of why i didn't like that because it was not a good i i did not feel that was a good direction to take agents of shield personally but to get back to the original point you mentioned that um yeah the tie-in the tie-in was so faint (laughs) faint yeah basically what happens is they raided a hydra compound Uh in in the last in the last episode and then they do the thing where like they go there for one mission, but then Coulson's got a secret mission, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, they're, and they're like, Coulson, what are you doing? And Coulson's like clicking away at a computer and he's like, <laughs> don't oh, worry about it. yeah, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. And then he pulls like the, the jump drive out and he just leaves real quick. 
And uh, the Raina character, you know, the girl in yeah. always wore the flower dress. She becomes an inhuman. Like there's an episode where she goes through the misting ritual. Oh, okay. And her big powers are they give her they give her precognitive powers. So when she dreams, they give her the big future telling powers. Like the the whole thing feels like the terrible. Like like we'll get into it in, in later when the season's over and stuff. This is like season like, three hero stuff. Yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> they basically took everything that was terrible about that hero show and crammed it into like the back ten episodes of season two, Agents of Shield. Yeah. And so, the two things they do is, um, at the end of the episode she's talking to the person who's trying to get her to control her powers. And she goes, just, you know, like calm down. And then she goes, I can't calm down. I keep getting visions of metal men coming to destroy the world and oh, stuff. Okay. And I was just like, Oh God, that was so terrible. Right. So like, fisted. <laughs> yeah, it was ham fisted and terrible. And then, uh, at, right at the end of the episode, um, Colson is talking to Colby Smulders, uh, agent Maria Hill mm-hmm. and he, the jump drive he was stealing from, he goes, I figured he, he goes, I was able to prove that the, you know, Baron Von Strucker has yeah, yeah. Loki's scepter. So we've got to go stop him. And he goes, we, but we'll have to assemble the Avengers. And it was very. Uh, <laughs> See just, you on Friday. <laughs> yeah, it was very not good. <laughs> so I would say like, it's just, it just wasn't great. And I think. Movie time so far. Yeah, I, I get that they want to do that, but I, it's really hurting the agents of shield as a show and i'm trying to talk about that but we're not talking about agents of shield we're talking about uh age of ultron um they kind of put the movie on jeremy renner's shoulders how do you feel about that i liked it actually we got some sassy hawkeye uh i liked seeing linda cardinelli on screen again i haven't seen her since freaks and geeks um i another joss whedon alum uh, I don't think so. No, she's not. I thought she I, was. I, not as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I, I can't think of it. But uh, no, she was on uh, Freaks and Geeks, which was uh, Judd Apatow's uh, series before yes, Undeclared. Yes, right. Yes, right. Yes, yes, yes. Um, again, only lasted for a season, but people really Justin, like it. I got to turn in my nerd card. Fair enough. They both have weird first names. Um, but uh. What was I going to say? Yeah, no, I thought that uh, for basically being taken out of the entire first Avengers, they had a lot of ground to make up. And so they kind of stepped off of like Steve and Tony a bit um, and got more into like uh, Natasha, Bruce and uh, and um, uh, Hawkeye, which I thought was pretty fun. I, I thought it was a different direction to take it, and I enjoyed his uh, repartee with Quicksilver. It's the only thing I really enjoyed about Quicksilver. Uh, <laughs> he didn't really have a whole lot to do in that movie. How did you like the twins? Um, well, first off, I'm going to say there's no way that uh, 13-year-old Matt Pierce could have predicted that the youngest of the Olsen sisters would be the most attractive in 2015, which, you know, that's a shocker. That's mm. all I'm going to say, right? Yep. But the third I, unknown Olsen sister. Yeah, exactly. I thought that they were pretty good um, as Pietro and Wanda Maximoff, except they were kind of doing these weird... Um, they were slipping in and out with the accents, and sort of just from a movie making. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't the best. Because essentially the people from... What was the fake city that they made up for this one? Um, Sokovia? Yeah. They were like they spoke English, but with a Russian accent for some reason. Like, yeah, that was odd. That yeah, they didn't really. English. Yeah, they didn't really establish that, but it was like, sure, whatever. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I thought they were great. Um, 
and they had to I mean, I guess, what did they say that the Scarlet Witch's powers were in this one? It was like she could shoot energy beams and kind of create illusions in people's heads or something like that. Because, like, the power, the, the witch, Scarlet Witch's powers in the comics are so vaguely... Yeah, <laughs> mind powers. Yeah, it's like she can bend reality or something. And, and she it's like she can bend the laws of reality and probability, I believe, are the... Well, official yeah. labels for her powers. As and far from as what I've heard, show. it's kind of like a like a power vacuum where like the Scarlet Witch is is in some continuities is like the third most powerful being in the Marvel universe. She yeah, like she she's definitely the most powerful of the mutants that they've the, the in certain versions that they established because they did one um, one of the worst stories that Marvel ever did, in my opinion. I, I should say, in my opinion, one of the worst stories that they've ever done. Um, but it kind of had to be done because basically the way they wrote it over the years from the like seventies going all the way to the like early two thousands, there were just too many mutants. Like right. there were more mutants than humans on planet earth in their continuity. So it like, there was no reason for like any of the, any of the X-Men, like there, there's no reason for any of the protesting and anti-mutant people going on because there were more mutants than like regular people on earth and well not to get too far off topic but did they introduce some sort of genocide because yeah <laughs> yes and they used the scarlet witch the scarlet witch basically used all of her uh, powers and like basically she got ticked off and her well her mind broke because her uh children that she had with wait for it vision um end up end up dying uh-huh and she loses her mind and it causes her to like, you know, her crazy, like, you know, if a person whose powers are to bend reality then loses their mind, you know, it's not going to result in any good for anybody. And then she ended up using her powers to basically kill all, but I believe the official number was 198 mutants were, so like millions were killed and then oh, there were only like a hundred and the entire thing was called the house of M. Uh, because uh, M stood for Magneto because it was all about Magneto and his family because That's in the comic yeah in the comic books uh, Pietro and Wanda Maximoff are the son and daughter the twin son and daughter of Magneto mm-hmm. but because Disney doesn't own the rights to Magneto they yep. can't be related to Magneto or at least they can't mention that he is and they also can't refer to them as mutants so in this movie they were referred to as enhanced beings I believe is the official. Yeah, well, subjects of human experimentation by Hydra, whatever the case. Yeah, they used enhanced. But uh, yeah, it was a. Um, uh, what was I gonna say? Jesus. And it's it's funny to have the dichotomy between that and like the Days of Future Past Quicksilver that came out like a year ago. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they basically used him as a, uh, well, well, for two reasons, so that they maintained their the rights to their version of the character, right? Mm-hmm. Even though they couldn't actually call him Quicksilver in that particular movie, and they had to call him Peter instead of Pietro. Right. Um, There's like a teenager with gray hair for no good reason. <laughs> yeah, other than to be like, he's Quicksilver, right? We just do you get it? it? Yeah. Um, what did you think of their version of the Vision? Uh, well, I'm not super familiar with Vision. I knew that it was some sort of uh, Jarvis android of some kind. Um, and I thought it was cool the way that they kind of integrated the mind gem into that, which you had 
kind of called, but I figured that's the only way that they really could have done it. Well, it's, to me, I was trying not to laugh because essentially in the comic book, because I mentioned earlier that um, uh, uh, the, the in certain versions of the, of the Marvel comics, um, mm-hmm. the Vision is married to uh, Scarlet, the Scarlet Witch. Witch, and he actually impregnates her, but because he's actually a, a synthoid, a synthetic android. Right, yeah comic book made up comic book nerds he's a synthoid he can't actually impregnate her so he has to use his mind power so he essentially impregnates her with his mind and now he's got the mind gem (laughs) you are now carrying my child exactly (laughs) it was was like that but i was like oh my god he's totally gonna impregnate her with his mind gem and stuff like that i was just with mind powers yeah essentially just laughing about that to myself um I thought, I thought it was fun. I didn't like the whole, like, Thor, I had a vision and now I know all this exposition. <laughs> oh, Christ, we'll get to that in a bit. Because that was the worst part of the film. That that was easily, because, like, that's the biggest problem that this movie has, is it suffers from sequelitis, is that they're trying to set up three other movies off of this movie. They're trying to set up Thor Ragnarok. They're trying to set up the, the newer kind of Avengers movie. Right. And they were also trying to set up the next Captain America movie yeah, Civil War. and the Infinity War. So technically they were setting up four movies off of this one. Mm-hmm. And because that happens and because in the middle of the, the movie, we need to find a reason for to a to set up Thor's movie and B to get him out of the situation so that certain situations look more dire because um, <laughs> Thor's not there. Right. So now that Thor's not there, so he goes and he meets uh, uh, Eric Selvig. And he's like, fun and cameo. I, and they never explained why Selvig needed to be there. Like Thor's like, I need your help. And then he went into the pool and like, they never fully explained why Selvig needed to be like, basically he just goes to see Eric Selvig and he's like, I need your help. I had a bad vision. And then they go to this like reflecting pool in a cave and they don't explain anything about this cave other than <laughs> like visions. <laughs> it gives Yeah. And they literally, they have to do the captain exposition scene where he goes like, he, he go, or the guy goes like, he goes, so this is the cave of reflections or something like that, he says, right? Which okay. is a line you would never say to somebody. Like, you wouldn't go somewhere and then be like, like, you and I wouldn't go to the Grand Canyon. And then I would immediately get out and turn to you and go, so this is the Grand Canyon? And so, like, nobody does that in real life. Yeah. No, I, I, I notice this a lot more in, like, television shows, but occasionally someone will say something and you'll be like, okay, so that's going to be in the on the last episode of this show. <laughs> like, they're going to repeat that line. Yeah. So, yeah, they go to this reflecting pool. This is usually the worst part of the movie, though. They go to the reflecting pool, and, like, Thor is like, you know, the, the rivers give you visions, and I have to go in there and make sense of mine. And then Eric Selvig does the other... Uh, convoluted thing where he goes, they say the people that go in there don't necessarily ever come out or something like that. Like, it was just like, oh my god, it was terrible. And then Thor goes in there, and then he just has a couple of quick flashes, and then we don't see him again for another 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. And then he just shows up and uh, helps to activate the vision. And he's like, I had a vision, and we need this guy. And it was like, okay, I get him. Thor is here now. That was the worst. Storytelling-wise, that was the worst part of the movie. Yep. But, I mean, I guess because it's comic booky, you kind of let it go. But that was pretty lazy. Sure. Um, as far as the vision goes, like, they got, they kind of got the story right as far as, like, Ultron, like, in the, uh, the comic books, Ultron creates the vision and the vision 
um, you know, becomes like a nice, nicer, basically nicer version of himself and joins the uh, what a nice young man. Yeah, and and join, joins the Avengers and stuff. And the look of his character, I thought I thought they got the look right. It looked really cool, even though he was like super comic booky and. Oh sure, no, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, like I thought it looked cool, and they gave they gave him some cool stuff to do, and then the scene. Like, hey, Vision, why did you just make yourself a cape for no reason? Like, exactly. Why, like, why, why do you, you need that? Exactly. Other than it looks cool, and because uh, Thor's kind of your dad at this point, I get it. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Um, were you upset as I was that uh, Anthony Mackie didn't get to show up at the end and help as well? Uh, a little bit actually, because they showed all the. Uh, uh, the you know the helicarrier that apparently came out of nowhere that I guess she'll just had in a garage while it fell apart. Yeah, well, that was <laughs> that was like, okay. Well, sure. Another thing. You're like, well, we need to find a way. And that was the other thing, like the whole like. So, uh, just to explain to people out there, like like the part where basically Ultron's big plan is to lift up. He basically lifts up Sokovia out of the ground, and his attempt is to use it as a meteor to destroy Earth and the humans in the same way the dinosaurs were extinct all those you know many millions of years ago mm-hmm. um and like they actually like and and all so there's people in this thing that he's lifting up and they're like jesus jesus how do we get all these people off of here because only one of us can actually fly right and, and mm-hmm. one guy can only fly out like what two three three people tops at a time and it's an entire city of people right. so out of nowhere of course freaking nick fury shows up and he's like hey guys just had a helicarrier lying around <laughs> like, huh. oh god that was that was bad i didn't care for that and i don't like the fact that um nick fury basically hides in corners so that he can reveal himself all the time like i don't know am i the, like i love sam jackson and i like nick fury but i'm the only one am i the only one getting a little annoyed by that constantly in these movies uh i would be more annoyed by it if like there was dramatic music and the characters were surprised but i don't even think tony gave him a second glance when he popped out of the barn <laughs> yeah and he's like aren't you sp- like like isn't he supposed to be dead to like all these people and like that's another thing that's you know trying to get getting my uh my goat a little bit i think on this is that none of the avengers in this particular movie brand especially in this film Uh they're never worried or aware or at all phased by any of the crap that's happening right like Uh... and like like they're always calm and cool and it's like hey like never mind the fact that i'm i'm the only person on this motorcycle racing in this like it's like okay so i'm so i'm on a motorcycle and i'm charging towards this army i don't have super like say i'm black widow it's like i'm I'm on a motorcycle i have i'm armed with basically a nine millimeter and a string and i'm charging on this motorcycle towards these giant an army of giant robot dudes while he is trying to lift up this entire country out of the ground to smash it into earth and blow it up. And meanwhile, there's a, there's a, you know, a, a Norse God over here hitting people with a hammer and there's a green rage monster, you know, punching things to my right. I'm not phased or worried by any of this to the point where I'm just going to make one liners the entire time and talk to Hawkeye about what he should do to renovate his house. Like, like there's no sense of danger or peril. Yeah, they do seem 
with these guys, and they're they're very cavalier and until like the until the hail mary play. <laughs> yeah, and they never you never like I mean other than sometimes Tony Stark gets a little like Jesus Christ this is actually a you know a really serious situation maybe I better stop with the one liners and start doing my job but like everybody else is just and like sometimes it's fun like when like when. Uh, Hawkeye does it in this movie. Yeah, like when Hawkeye did it. And he's and, like, don't and, worry, we're just in a floating meteor against an army of robots, and I'm a guy with a bow and arrow. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, and when he did the line when, when like, uh, uh, Quicksilver kept doing the line where he'd be like, you know, hurry up, or something like that to Hawkeye, and then Hawkeye, like, aimed the bow at him and was like, <laughs> no one would ever know. <laughs> no one would ever know. He goes, and then I'd be like, yeah, you know, one of the, he's like, one of the guys got him. I miss him already. And stuff like that, right? Like, that was good, but like, yeah. I don't know when he was driving in his car and they were like running to, you know, uh, and like he was sitting with the, the widow and he was telling her, you know, he's like, I finally figured out what I'm going to do with the deck or something like that. Oh, and yeah, I was the dining like, room. Yeah. yeah. Dining room. That was it. And she's like, you don't really eat the dining room. And it's like, come on, at least acknowledge the fact that like this stuff is happening around you. And I mean, I realize it's supposed to be comic booky, and a lot of what happened of them. Cause the last, like, 20 minutes of the action scene is actually them i both loved and i hated it um the, uh, this bit where it's them actually figuring out like hey there's actually people here and we have to save these people <laughs> and get them off of this planet or this 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 country that is now floating in the air about to smash into earth and destroy it we've got to get these people out of here and we don't necessarily know how to do that i loved it because they finally addressed it i hated it because it felt like a direct response to the fans um anger uh, of man of steel and the way superman basically destroyed all of metropolis dooming mil- dooming millions yeah no i liked it a lot uh, steve basically didn't take that for an answer he got everyone out of there and i mean it was at the cost of quicksilver sure but yeah and that's another thing i'd like to get on them about because like the fact that these guys the characters never act like they're in peril at any point which i already you know i had a little like was confessing about earlier about how they're never in peril mm-hmm. or at least they don't act like it and then they never kill off any of the characters in any of these movies like so like um tony stark has been fake dead uh nick fury's been fake dead agent colson was actually dead but then they brought him back from the dead in the sure. TV show yep <laughs> And then when the, the time finally comes for them to be like, you know what? We got to take somebody down. Let's take down the guy who's been here for three minutes. Hey, he's had four lines. <laughs> yeah. And had four lines and one and two of them were just the same line over and over again. You know, it was like, there was no, like literally there was one person who cared that Quicksilver died and it was Elizabeth Olsen's character. Like not like, I don't think you'd be hard pressed to find any fan that was like, Oh man, I was, you know, I can't devastated. believe. Yeah, <laughs> devastated. I can't believe Quicksilver went down. Like, oh. well, and as I was walking out of the theater too, I told uh, my friend Adam that I went with. I was like, okay, but like, that's literally why they have the GH program. <laughs> like, I know that they discontinued it, but I mean, also Hydra manufactured a lot of that drug. I'm sure they can scare some up. Yeah. So, like, they literally did it to prepare for the fall of an Avenger. <laughs> yeah, it was. That was dumb. Like I gotta say, like I've never, I've never liked it when you bring characters back. That's the one thing I've never really liked in comic books is when, like, if you want to reboot the universe and start all over again, that's fine. But like, I don't like it when people die and then it's they just find magical ways to kind of bring them back to life. It's it's one of those things. 
in comic books that I've never really liked, like Wolverine, how he's died like 30 times and has never affected. And, and there, it's spilling into these movies. And I understand a lot of it is, hey, we're paying these actors. You can't kill them off because we need them for sequels and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just a little, uh, little off to me. So uh, how did you like Ultron himself? I thought it was good. Um, they kind of had to slap together a, a villain, as they often do in these Marvel movies. Uh, and you need one that can do enough that can threaten the Justice League, right? Because you can't just get, like... Avengers. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, I said the Justice League. My God, that's <laughs> the second time I have to turn in my nerd card on this particular podcast. One that can threaten Spider-Man. Yeah, one that can threaten the uh, the Avengers. Fantastic to... Four. Yeah, because you can't have, like, the Rhino and the Scorpion show up and be like, we're fighting the Fantastic... We're fighting the... Uh... You can't... They... Well, they couldn't fight the Fantastic Four either. Yeah. But you can't be like... Like have the rhino show up and be like, "Hey Thor, I'm gonna run at you real fast with my horn and stuff like I'll that." Throw a rock at him. Yeah, right. Um, so I thought Spader was incredible, and they really nailed the fact that um, he has the Oedipus complex because that was the big thing in. Um, yeah, wants the, to kill Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he wanted to kill Tony, and he was like really pissed off whenever he was compared to Tony. Uh, now in the comic books, it was it's actually Hank Pym, the Ant Man, yeah. who creates Ultron, but because we haven't introduced him yet in this version, it's Tony Stark, which I'm perfectly fine with, because you gotta, like, that's just, like, a slight bend. Yeah, sure, it, it makes sense in the continuity. I don't know, I, th- I thought he was excellent, what did you think? I had a lot of fun with it, I thought he was fun as well, I do like when uh, Buddy compared him to Stark, and he, like, tore his arm off, he's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> that was Andy Circus. did you know? Yeah, I know. He got <laughs> I, I taxed for, he was playing, uh, Ulysses himself. <laughs> yeah, he was playing Ulysses Claw, the Claw. Yep. Uh, who I believe is like a low level. Uh, well, I understand. Fantastic kind of... Four villain, I think. Oh, I heard that it was a kind of tie-in because it was like Wakanda. It's kind of a tie-in to you know, oh, we might be introducing uh, Black Panther sometime in the next five years. Yeah, he. Um. Yeah, he was like an arms dealer and everything like that. Like I figured that was a that was the tie in there. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it's true. But like he he was originally a uh, Fantastic Four bad guy, and then they kind of moved him over to the Black Panther. Um, But yeah, that's 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 a good setup. And when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh, it's the Claw and stuff like that." Uh Um, Yeah, that was a pretty hilarious scene. I thought Spader just nailed the tone and the just the presence of Ultron and the way like his voice carried meaning in this movie like when you heard his voice you were genuinely either excited or frightened a little bit I liked it too though the couple things I would change uh, there were a couple things that would change and a couple things that I really liked uh, the couple things I would change is that I wish that his voice was more synthesized like it sounded more like a robot yeah so just... you want more of a robot voice yeah, or even that he started with the super robot voice, and then as he became more, like, he kept upgrading himself through the movie, that he would become a bit more, you know, he would have an intonation and become more human in his tone. Uh, like, that would be cool. I also didn't dig the robot lips. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So aesthetically, you were not pleased with the, with the face? Well, the that was how he specifically, looked, because it was like, you know... There's a lot of ways to do that and make it look cooler. Like, and it would be, um, it would, it would like to have it 
look like one of the Michael Bay Transformers, to use a bad example, but that's what's coming to mind, where it's just a series of sliding parts that kind of forms a mouth, but you can see where it's still machine-like and not just, like, flexible metal. Um, like, that seems like it would form a starker contrast between him and Vision, which would be interesting. Because Vision is basically, like, part synthetic, part organic. Yeah, I, I I believe that. Yeah, like uh, he definitely. So I mean, has... maybe that's a maybe that's a nitpick. Maybe that's my opinion. But... No, I I agree. Like I mean, your your artistic uh, integrity is is certainly more coming into play here than than mine because like I I don't have any artistic. Well, sure. Plus, plus I like my robots to be robots. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't mind. Like it, it was a little, um, as you described it, it was a little. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay Transformers E. But uh, you know, that's kind of how he looks in the comic though, with the like yeah, the and, that, and that's fine. I mean, like I yeah. said, it's, it's it's a small complaint. Uh the things that I really liked were um how when he first came into being and so we got like this sort of matrix view of him converse having a conversation with Jarvis, and within like eight seconds he's learned everything. All things. Yeah, well, I, thought that, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, he had he access to like, the internet. <laughs> he, start, he started existing and then suddenly became like instantly a threat, uh, which I thought was cool and spoke well to being a super powerful machine program uh, with the power of the mind gem on his side. Um, I also enjoyed that he was well aware of and was ready to use how disposable his own physical form was. Uh, punctuated no better than the fact that uh the scene with black widow who they captured for no reason and maybe we can talk about that yeah Um, (laughs) but uh the scene where he's basically being johnny exposition and he's like oh we're making me a new body and yada 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 and then he like shows up and tears apart his own body (laughs) yeah which i thought was pretty awesome bigger upgraded one because that was the thing in the comics that was whenever they beat ultron in the comics Mm -hmm. they would basically find a way to explain it's like um they'd basically find a way to comic book explain why he would come back. And it was usually like he sure, hit himself man. and then upgraded. And so next time you'd see him, he'd be called, he wouldn't call himself Ultron. He'd call himself like Ultron two. Yeah. And, and then I mean, that's basically why I like, um, like Brainiac is my favorite Superman villain for similar reasons, because you can never be sure you got all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the entire time, like during that entire fight with, um, like the entire end sequence, I thought, I was just like, man, you could pretty much take this entire script, condense it down from a two and a half hour movie to like hour 45 and then just have it be Superman Brainiac. Because then you could have Superman like like if that like if that was a Superman script, like I wish the guys who came up with this idea were brilliant. Well, they were brilliant because it was it was a decent script. But I wish I wish they'd written this for Superman because like this could have been Brainiac, like Brainiac lifting up like Metropolis and trying to hurl it, and then Superman would literally have to put Metropolis on his shoulders mm-hmm. and, and slow it down in order to say and like the, and oh god, that would be really cool. I got it. Yeah, cool. I wish DC hired guys. He learns all of he learns everything that there is to learn about humanity, and decides that the only way to make sure that there's never anything new to learn is to stop it. And so he destroys to you know decides to destroy the Earth, and Superman has to stop him. And he's the whole time kind of waging this sort of campaign of you know. Superman is what's wrong with this world sort of thing. The Avengers are what's wrong with this world and they need to be stopped at all costs. Yeah, and, and you, like you could have had Luthor be the guy who designs Brainiac by accident instead of 
Tony yeah. Stark, and then you got that the, the reluctant team up. <laughs> yeah, then you've got the reluctant team up, and you've got the the you know double cross. <laughs> yeah, the double cross, the inevitable double cross by Luthor, and then also the like you'd have the great scene where he's like, "Look what you've done, Luthor," and Luthor would be like, you know. It was supposed to be something else, you know. It'd be like a, the entire time I was just like, man, this would have worked for Superman so well. And I wish that uh, DC were hiring guys smart as they used to put together stuff like that. But um, uh, I vowed my, I vowed to myself I wouldn't talk about Superman too much on this episode. That's all right. I've been going off on on that too much on your show. That's all right. Um, the incredibly satisfying but ultimately over the top uh what do you call it um fan servicey hulkbuster armor versus the hulk fight what did you think of that uh i thought it was cool for a lot of reasons i like what it was for bruce's character i thought it was a fun fight scene um oh it was fantastic fight scene I I don't have a whole lot more to say because I I think that this is from like a specific story in in like Avengers comics or something, right? Yeah, like there there were tons of times where where well, Tony Stark is a guy. He's like he's he's is this like, like a Batman like contingency plan? Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very Batman esque where he's like because you know Batman's always got a plan in case any of the more guys more powerful than him, which is unfortunately everybody. Yeah. You know, he's always got a plan to be like, you know, just yeah. in case this guy, this guy goes bad, what am I going to yeah, do? Yeah, he goes, if this guy goes bad, what am I going to do? And then Tony Stark's is, you know, all right, if the shit goes down with the Hulk, I'm going to be ready. I'm going to have a big old suit ready to, like, yeah, for, suit. yeah, big old suit ready to punch him right in the face if I need to. I thought it was funny, but, like, this is where this is them trying to have their cake and eat it, too, because, mm-hmm. like, we, we do the whole end scene where they've got to get the people off out of the floating country of Sokovia. Otherwise they'll die. Yet, you know, the Hulk rampages through this one city, albeit under mind control, killing hundreds, probably thousands. And Tony Stark's doing the same thing, trying to stop them. Tony Stark also killed thousands. And just because it showed him save like one elevator with yeah. like three people, people in it, in it yeah. <laughs> yeah does not cancel out the like hundreds and thousands he would have killed by like smashing into a building and he also at one point like leveled a uh giant skyscraper that was in construction and he did it oh yeah where no, he I definitely just... was like hand on my head like oh jesus oh god how they're yeah. really doing this in a po- yeah because like in a post 9-11 world where we now know that if you destroy a building it takes over a decade because they're still cleaning up 9-11 stuff, you know, 14 years later in in 2015. You cannot just destroy a building, even if it's like a half-constructed skyscraper. You cannot just destroy it and not have any negative consequences and stuff like that. And Tony Stark just kind of is like, oh, geez, I wonder if I can buy this building fast enough for me to use it to destroy the Hulk and there be no... Well, here was my question because he had the Hulk up in the air at that point. Where was this city? Like, do we know what city that was supposed to be? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember what was the continuity because I don't think it was part of. Was it supposed to be part of Sokovia? No, it was Wakanda, wasn't it? I have no idea. No, it was because they were on that boat fighting with. Uh... So it was the fictional city of Wakanda or whatever it was, wasn't it? Okay. Well, my my point is, or like, Jonas- I'm not Jonasburg sure or something. I think. 
I have no idea. My my big point is uh, I don't know where they were exactly, but he had him up in the air already. Like he was basically out of the fight. Like he could have obviously struggled loose. Like they was they were pretty evenly matched. It looked like. Um, but I mean, can you not throw him in the ocean at that point? <laughs> can you not maybe get him a little farther out of the city rather than being like, hey, I'm gonna drop him on this building? Yeah, like, that's I, your that's your go-to, really. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's not... else, there's no people in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The um, I believe it was supposed to be. I, I like. I I think I can say with certainty that they were supposed to be in some city in South Africa. Okay. But I don't know Damn. if it was. Um, I can't remember if they said it was Johannesburg specifically or if it was like the made up another one of the made up countries I see, I see. that they have. Um, but it was supposed to be like a South African type country. So it would have been a heavily populated city essentially is the thing. So it would not have sure, been. Sure. I'm just wondering like if it was supposed to be in the U S or something like that, not that that makes any sense continuity wise, but you know, all the major metropolitan cities in the U S are typically coastal. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, I think it was supposed to be, I can say with certainty it was, it was supposed to be some somewhere. in South that, that makes more sense than I guess. Yeah. But uh, even so, um, yeah, that was fun. I did like that. Uh, and I immediately called the flaw in this plan too. When it's like, oh, the Hulk lands, and then suddenly like the Iron Man cage kind of traps him and everything like that. And I'm like, he's just gonna tunnel out of there. Like it's not completely covering him. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna tunnel right out. Yeah, it wasn't covering his feet or anything like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then immediately, that's what happened. I think it was. I think it was meant to slow him down more than stop him. Right? Like, like sure. Like, I, I thought. Yeah, let me cool, trap yeah. him while I get this suit on. Right? I think was kind of the. Yeah. The plan and then the like the gyrating um punching mechanism that he had where he was just clocking the uh the hulk in the face over and over where it was just basically drilling him over and over in the face with some sort of like uh i don't know like pump oh, drill, yeah, the like, jackhammer punch. yeah the jackhammer type <laughs> that was funny fist. yeah that got the biggest laugh in in the movie i, th- I think the two biggest laughs in my showing were that and then when vision picked up thor's hammer and just handed it to him and everybody was like whoa yeah everyone's like yikes yeah, yeah. that was pretty good what were the biggest laughs in the in the theater you went to uh yeah see? either the, the hulk just getting pummeled and i actually wanted to talk to you about that scene because that was almost a stop stop he's all right <laughs> yeah um uh there was also the one where i think um like the whole punch like ultron off of the meteor <laughs> um I also like the. I don't think that there was a any any time they did one of the like callbacks to to Steve doing the language line at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like right. now you know Steve doesn't like that kind of talk. Yeah. Like, Come on. Because <laughs> <laughs> they like, kept doing it like for the entire movie. Um, that was fun. Um, and also I think when uh, what was it? I, I laughed at this just because I find Thor, like, his, you know, you humans are a strange sort, haha, you know, fish out of water antics are always very charming to me. <laughs> and so when he did the, you know, the, the witch has tried to affect my mind, it will mess with you humans, but fortunately I am mighty. <laughs> As he's, like, walking into a vision. Yeah, and that vision was designed specifically to set up the the Ragnarok thing with the Thor clone. Yeah, no, I just thought it was cool because he was like, you know, I'll never fall for, oh God, I fell for that. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty hilarious. And I just, I, I don't know, I, I thought it was, um, I don't know, like the movie had its problems and it had its, like, like the biggest one, long, like long, very long. Like, nah, I, didn't, I, didn't mind. 
I, I don't, don't know. These movies. I mean, in general, even the worst of them, I like okay. And I mean, I'm not going to complain about getting another half hour of it. Yeah, I actually I had this conversation about the Harry Potter movies, and there's a, a someone else uh, who I listened to on a podcast, and his opinion was, I don't care that they made the last Harry Potter book into two movies. They could have made it into 30 movies. This is the last time we're going to see these characters on screen, and I want it. <laughs> well, apparently not, because they're doing some sort of... Yeah, Harry Potter spin Well, they're, they're um, doing, like, the prequel for, like, you know, 70 years earlier or whatever. Oh, is it? Oh, God. No idea. Yeah, so, so there might be, like, a young Dumbledore in it or something like that, but, you know. Yeah. Nothing, um, no, no, like, you know, Daniel Radcliffe's not going to be in it. Okay. Um, what'd you think of the Thanos tease at the end? Um, I mean... Like, was that better it, or worse it, than... It happened, and I'm like, well, yeah, we could have assumed that. <laughs> Uh, the one thing I was saying that would have been interesting, uh, I was saying this to my friend after we basically were walking out of the theater back to our cars. I'm like, this would have been interesting, and I understand where it might not fit into the continuity that they're building, but it would have been cool and kind of a tease to show that uh, Thanos is pulling out the Infinity Gauntlet, and he's already got one gem in there that we don't know what it is. <laughs> like, yeah. that would have been a cool tease. Well, because which ones have they established? They've established um, the Mind Gem, the Power Gem, in Guardians of the Galaxy, the Tesseract, yeah, the Aether, yep, and am I missing one? Those no, are four. Just, just the four. There's the Mind Gem, the Power Gem, the Tesseract, and the Aether. The Aether. I feel like there's two. Well, they're gonna do the. Uh, I think it's called the Reality Gem or whatever. That'll be the one that Doctor Strange has. Yeah, that's what I've been most l- most likely anyway. Um, Stands to reason, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it stands to reason, and then yeah, it would. So I guess yeah, um, it would have if Thanos already had the sixth gem, that would have made sense. I mean, they might end up saying. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know what their plan is, but it would have been cool if there was just one in there, and it was kind of like, a, oh, <laughs> yikes. Yeah, he's already got one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's just looking for more now. Yeah, he's, he's got one, and he's been able to hold on to it for more than the course of a movie, and. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you think they're going to do... I mean, they set up, like, a new Avengers there, right? With, uh, at the end, because, like, mm-hmm. uh, again, well, if you're this deep, you're probably already watching, yeah. but spoiler alert, at the end, every, they kind of dismantle the Avengers that they have, and uh, Black Widow and Captain America uh, aim at the end of the movie to start a new set of... Yeah, start a new Avengers, essentially, and it's got War Machine, Vision, or it's them two, and then War Machine, Vision, um, Falcon, and Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would honestly be interested in a movie involving those particular characters. I would like yeah, to see I'd be it. down, and I think we're going to get it. I mean, I, I don't know how much more Robert Downey Jr. has signed on to play. I but... think he's contracted into the, to do... Civil War and the Infinity Wars, and then that's it. And I think he's going to call it quits too, right? Uh, yeah. Which would make sense because after the Infinity Wars, and this is the problem, Marvel's going to run into a big problem when they try to reboot because a, a lot of what they were saying, I don't know if, if they'll just because they've said for years after they do the Infinity Wars, they want to reboot the entire universe and start over and do like a new cinematic universe. I don't know if that's a smart idea because I think they'll run into problems trying to reestablish certain characters. Like for instance, you can't do a you can't reboot Captain America without telling the same movie over again. Like it's impossible. Yeah. Like yeah, re- that's fair. Re- retell Captain America's origin right now without using the Red Skull or World War Two. I couldn't. 
No, nobody can. And <laughs> and if you do, then it's going to be dumb. But I don't know. Maybe there's somewhere out there. There's a, a person smarter than me. But like that, I don't that'll know. be a it, it would challenge be a, if Marvel tries to do that. That's it would be a, it would be a ten year gap between uh, Captain America movies at least at that point, though, right? And I mean, we've certainly had lesser amounts of time between Spider-Man origin stories. Yeah, but nobody liked it when they rebooted that one either, though, right? Well, sure, but that, I mean, like, like if you put amazing, if you did Amazing Spider-Man, like if you waited another six years to still do the Amazing Spider-Man movie, it would then be close to two decades removed of the first one, and it would still suck, though. Was the thing? Yeah, true. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I'd be interested to see where they're kind of going from here because I don't think that. Like, well, obviously, I guess we're going to get Robert Downey Jr. probably doing Iron Man or at least Tony Stark during uh, some of the later movies. But I think that the whole plan here was he wanted to create a way to have the world protect itself, accidentally created Ultron, successfully created Vision. And then now he's like, well, Vision's taken over. I'm done. Like, I think that was the idea there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, he signed on. I don't know if there was any sort of, like, lead-in either, like, any sort of maybe short that basically was, like... Because he had basically retired being Iron Man at the end of Iron Man 3, and now he, with no explanation, is back in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> he uh, also... Yeah, and this one he definitely retired, too, because he said to uh, Captain America, he's like, you're going to miss me, and stuff yeah. like that, right? So they'll have to kind of find a way to pull out of retirement. That's a good point by you, Mentioning that they never explained why he's back being Iron Man in this. He's just flat. Like, they don't even give you a, like, like, they, they don't even give you a, like, I think of Captain America calling and be like, come on, one last, one more for old time's sake, right? Oh, like, all right, all right. And then he's like, all right, I'll get my suit. Right, yeah. Uh, just, you know, a little nod would have been nice. Although, even the like more... a moment where he's like, yeah, I'm Tony Stark, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm the scientist now. I am, I built Ultron, but I'm not going to be Iron Man anymore. And then he, like, you know, grudgingly or reluctantly suits up for the final fight or something like that. In their defense, though, I will say. Shows uh, up of a blue to, like, you know, save Hawkeye falling off of a meteor or something like that. Like, ha, you didn't think I'd miss this one, did you? basically Han Solo's it. <laughs> yeah, and then they can do the, like, you know, Tony, you son of a bitch, you know? <laughs> like, they can do that whole thing. Exactly. Uh, I will say, um, they as, probably made as a good... does that one. <laughs> yeah, as terrible as... But in this, in the Marvel but Universe... But it would get thunderous applause. Yeah, the way the way you've done it in the, Mar like, in the Marvel Universe, right? Like, you've set it up where they do the corny one-liners and stuff. Like, if Batman did that, that'd be dumb. <laughs> but, like, if Tony Stark does it, you're like, yeah, you know, he'd do that. He would do... Like, like Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark would do that. Just right? complete Star Wars, right? Like, Hawkeye, like, has to take some critical shot and falls off the meteor and and, <laughs> and then Starman comes in, saves him, puts him back. He's like, you got a clear shot, and I'll just blow this thing and go home. It's like, great shot, kid. Don't get cagged. That was one in a million. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but I was, I was going to say that in their defense, um, Jarvis growls like Wookiee. Do, doing the, like, like, um, completely ignoring Iron Man 3 and building this movie was probably the best way to go, quite frankly. Well, um, yeah, that's fair. Considering how bad that movie was. It's terrible. Um, give your overall grade. Um, like if, if uh, give 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 like I don't know a letter grade and then say good, bad, or math just to continue our theme for this one. Uh, I give it a solid B. I'll definitely enjoy watching it again. 
um, in terms of all of the 11 Marvel movies that I think there are now. Uh, yeah, 11. Um, I would put this maybe at five. I think if you don't count this movie, it's 27 and a half hours. I th- or 29 and a half hours. Yeah, there was someone who did like a marathon of yes, all of them. Yes, um, Cinefix. Cinefix did a, did a marathon where they watched they sat down and all their people sat and I really like the Cinefix YouTube channel. Their people sat down and watched them all and they condensed it down into like a 28 minute video. I haven't mm. watched that yet, but I was like, Ooh, that'd be pretty crazy. If you just if I, went back, if, if they've made a director's cut of it, that's only 28 minutes or something like that, that I can watch. Then I think I'll give that a shot. No, they cut it to 28 minutes. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's a YouTube video, but it was them watching all of the movies, starting with Iron Man, and then going all the way to Guardians of the Galaxy, I think was the last one before um, Age of Ultron. And uh, what a weird one to end it on. <laughs> yeah, I think it was twenty nine and a half hours total. It was either twenty six or twenty nine. Yeah, it's yeah. close to thirty hours. Anyway. An obscene amount of hours. And then they cut down. You know, they edited them watching it all down yeah. to twenty eight minutes. So it's I just like a minute of each, and then you can basically see like the guy's facial hair growing. <laughs> yeah, and them falling, <laughs> some of them falling asleep because there were some theaters that actually did that where you could buy tickets on like friday or, or like on wednesday and then like it would time and you could watch them all straight until yeah. uh till the midnight till it was midnight and then age of ultron come out i don't know if i would want to physically do that because nope. it would be stinky <laughs> at a certain I'm, point i am too old for that shit yeah um now you could sleep through certain movies, like when you get to certain scenes in like the Captain America movie, or when you get to Iron Man three, you'd be like, "All right, this is where I go to sleep," right? Like, yeah, fair. Uh, it'd be fun to do, but you'd have to plan to do it. Like you could, like I couldn't just call you and be like, "Hey, do you want to go do this?" Like, like I'd have to plan this like a month in advance to like get my body right for it. If you were gonna, yeah, that's just it. Like I'd have to pack a goddamn toothbrush. <laughs> so yeah, exactly, and, and some facial wipes or Deodorant, something. Yeah, yeah. Lysol. <laughs> disinfectant spray all right so you gave it a b yeah i mean i don't know how to grade stuff like this but uh i mean it's probably gonna crack my top five marvel movies but i mean that's a pretty wide gulf between like number two and number three even frankly i feel like or this I'd one's, say between three and four i feel like this one's gonna um live better on cable than on theaters where it was like a two and a half hour and some of the scenes were kind of weird but i feel like when you're flicking through the you know two years from now when you're flicking through the television and like you're 20 minutes into age of ultron yeah oh yeah i'll watch that yeah exactly you're gonna be like oh cool oh this is where ultron shows up and then you just kind of get sunk and then you're like oh uh, hawkeye's talking to his wife i'm gonna go do whatever and then come back half hour later and you're like oh now now sokovia is riding you know being lifted like this is where the rest of the movie is just them fighting like i think i like i just think it'll it'll be better i'm gonna give it um not a good in, in our you know simple good the bad the man rating system i'm gonna give it a meh but i have a feeling once i watch it once or twice more i'm gonna be like you know what this is a good movie i don't know yeah my my initial reaction was that i liked it a lot but like i said i think i need a bit more distance from it even now where i'm starting to come down off that high um I think that it will turn out that I still like it a lot, but I don't think it's going to be one of my favorite Marvel movies, no. All right, so that uh, <clears throat> kind of puts a wrap on wrap on our 
Age of Ultron preview. You should still definitely go see it. Yes, I would. I would say go see it. It's worth. It's definitely worth. Like I didn't walk out of it thinking like I had my yeah. problems with it, and I had what I liked about it. I had what I didn't like about it. But at no point was I like, man, I'm gonna demand my money back. Because actually, there's only ever been one movie that I've demanded my that I'm gonna demand my money back. And basically, the whole point of this crossover podcast is I eventually hope that it will get popular enough that I can meet M night Shyamalan and I can get my $32 (laughs) back from M night Shyamalan for that avatar piece of crap. Like I want my $32 back. I will get my $32 back. I'm not gonna lie. And if he hands me a a 50, I will give him $18 back because I don't want anything more from M night Shyamalan other than my $32 back. And you don't want to say you owe him anything. It would be, yeah, it would be $24, but they got me for the, cause I bought two tickets and they got me for the extra eight bucks for the 3d in that oh, one. Boy. So it's, he's, I'm getting my $32 back. Um, but yeah, this movie, it's nothing like that. Like you wouldn't walk out of it. Like it's entertaining. Go see it. It's fantastic. The people who worked on it. Oh, you'll have fun. Yeah. You'll have fun. The people who worked on it, you know, they, they, they do their thing and they're they're great and it's just an all around great movie. It, it, it's a good movie and it's fun. It's an event. It's an Avengers movie. Go watch That's it. That's a good movie. Um, let's talk about the Suicide Squad a little bit. Um, they released the full cast photo. I mean, they're filming this movie uh, down the road from me, but up the road from you there in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started filming it today, and they had all the cast members dress up uh, yesterday. And uh, David Ayer took the photo and released the. Uh, I mean, we already saw the uh, Jared Leto Joker. That he... was that real or was that a hoax? I heard both things. <laughs> well, I think what it was was a fake I think Photoshop. I... No, no, no. I think it was a concept art of what they're. I don't think the Joker is actually going to look like that. And also, it was something like the 50th anniversary of the Joker's yeah creation. So a lot of it was. Um, like an anniversary of the killing joke or something wasn't it yeah well because the two photos that they released were direct uh it was the 30th anniversary of the killing joke that's what it was which is the first um one that the first time they ever did any of the joker's background and was one of the um all-time great comic books uh alan that was that one actually yeah yeah that was alan moore alan moore basically did the first ever um who you know has done fantastic stuff like swamp thing and v for vendetta and the watchman and um he basically wrote the uh origin story of the joker because until then no one had joker never really had an origin story and joker is such an awesome character he doesn't need a origin story but they sort of gave him one and alan moore gave him one that works and that you um are okay with and the two photos that they released were homages because one of them was david ayer because like the, the the cover of the killing joke of the the hardcover of the killing joke which is the mm-hmm. one that i have is the joker in his usual you know purple suit snapping a picture yep. and so you've got the joker like and he goes and it's joker going and i think there's like a speech bubble that says smile as he's like taking a photo that mm-hmm. you assume will spit acid in your face and kill you because he's the Joker. Sure. They did Jared Leto in that, where, but Jared Leto was like taking a selfie of himself as the Joker in the mirror and, you know, in order to get the actual effect of the the thing, which I thought was pretty cool because it proved that they cracked open a few books for this one, right? Sure. And um, the other one was just like, it showed Jared Leto in like full, you know, costume with him going like, 
ah, you know, like like pretending to scream. Crazy and look, face. <laughs> yeah, he looked kind of like hipster Joker, which I I didn't mind. I mean, I thought that the it was like early eighties punk. <laughs> yeah, he looked. Punk it was, it was Joker. It, yeah, it was a little like what Marilyn Manson might look like if Marilyn Manson was the Joker. There were certain parts I liked about it. I didn't like the. Like if this is the look they want to go with, I'm not sure if it is. I mean, I don't, I don't think it is. I think it was just kind of a, you know, look how crazy this guy looks and stuff like that. But I don't think it was a. Uh, I don't think it was like I don't think it was like this is the look we're going with. I think it was just kind of a concept art, and they were just like, look at this. And also, they kind of have to up the ante with the Joker because we've already had two extremely good versions of the joker right yep, so, in film yeah so they've got to um you know they've got to up the ante and which they did in the new 52 because in the new 52 they had to take it with the joker's craziness past heath ledger where he like cut a smile into his face yeah so in the comic in the new 52 when they rebooted it after the dark knight came out they actually had the joker's like whole face cut off so mm-hmm. he was he had his own face like stapled to his you know, he had his cut-off face, like, stapled his to his... skin stapled to his face. Yeah, to his face. So it was pretty gross, and you were like, oh, my God, the Joker is so crazy. Um, I I liked, like, the tattoos and stuff I kind of liked. And... Uh, nope. I didn't like the... I didn't like the, the one on a forehead. Like if, Nope. If Especially want, not that one. Yeah, if they, that was the only one I didn't like. Like, if they were... If they want to go with the Joker, my only... Uh, um... Uh, yeah, my my only uh, suggestion would be don't do the like tattoo of the f- the word damaged across his forehead. I thought that was a little. Uh, I thought that was a little hackneyed. I thought that was a little ironic hipster. Mm-hmm. That that's like like that's that's a tattoo ironic hipster jokes Joker would have, and I didn't like that. As an art major, go ahead and and give your analysis on what you thought of the Jared Leto teaser Joker. Well, I'm not an art major. <laughs> So I don't know where you got that. You are in my mind. <laughs> um, I, I think that I could get behind certain parts of it. Like I don't mind the you know metal grill, and I don't mind the hair and like the crazy face or anything like that. I really didn't like the tattoos. Um, I'm fine with them having something, but I mean I also don't want him running around without a shirt for that entire movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's it's hard to say. Like I can see it going both ways. Uh, I saw a lot of you know reaction shots and stuff like that one that i thought was particularly good was uh someone took a, a picture that looked like it was from the mid-2000s of like shirtless ben affleck for probably like you know people magazine sexiest man of the year or something like that and basically photoshopped a bunch of like shitty batman tattoos on him <laughs> like across the forehead and everything but um, uh yeah the best one i saw was they superimposed leto's joker onto like uh home alone cover and had like yeah, uh, yeah that was good yeah that was, a good, that was the best uh meme related one that i saw um i don't know i didn't like it other than the, i liked it other than the tattoo of damaged across the forehead i thought that was a bit much but like i did like because like the ha 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 tattoo um where it was basically like ha 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 that was a direct reference to the um the panel when he first sees himself as the joker in the killing joke yeah 
And so I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God. And so, like, as a fanboy. Yeah, and, and certain parts of it were okay. I am fine with him being yeah. tattooed. I don't want a tattoo on his goddamn forehead. In yeah. cursive, that says damage. Like, it looks like it was goddamn Photoshop there. Yeah, um, that one doesn't look- I, 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 you know, Comic Sans, and I mean, it might as well be. Yeah. Um, I don't want, like, and if he has tattoos, that's fine. If there's something that you, you can see, like, kind of creeping up his collar onto his neck, I'm okay with that. Um, but I mean, if he's going to be wearing clothes, I'm fine with him having tattoos on the rest of his body. And then, you know, maybe a, like a brief 45 second scene where he's not wearing a shirt for some reason and you know, whatever, like I can see them doing something with it. I don't want something on his forehead, please. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, and like I said, I don't think this is what they're going with. I think this was just kind of a, a publicity like, image. <laughs> yeah. A publicity image. And they're like, Hey, look at our crazy version of the Joker. And it, like, it was more of a concept art than anything. I just, so I kind of liked it. I thought, I thought it was kind of cool. And I, I'd like to see, um, crazy Joker. Um, now have you seen the big group photo that they did of everybody? Um, I'm looking at it right now. There are some things I really like, and there are some things I don't like as much. All right. And well, I, don't, I don't, I don't know all the characters either. Like, like I said, you're a bigger suicide fan, uh, suicide squad fan than I am. Well, let's uh, do the, Let's do the vegetables first. Uh, what don't you like about this particular cast photo? Well, I don't know if it's just the photo or if this is like preliminary makeup that they put together. I don't like the way the croc, uh, killer croc skin is looking there. <laughs> yeah, that would be the biggest one. The, the killer croc that they had. I don't know if that's it. something that they're going to like add a lot in CG or whatever. Yeah, I was talking about what I'm expecting. Fiance about that because the fiance, I don't know if I've told you this, killer croc is her least favorite Batman villain. Like she is terrified of killer croc. Like every time we watch, you know, every time I'm playing the video game or. Mm-hmm we're watching the old TV shows and stuff. Anytime killer croc shows up, she's just like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. Um, this version that they have of killer croc, at least the dude with the makeup on, he looks like the thing. Yeah. Like the fantastic forest thing, (laughs) but even more like a turd, which really, yeah. And, and I was telling her that I hated that yesterday and I hope that they clean it up with the CG to make it look more, like a crocodile, you know, like where he actually would look threatening and fighting. So that was, that was my biggest problem with this particular thing is he literally looks like the thing took a dump. He looks like, he looks like the thing took a dump. The other thing like. is, and I, again, I don't know all the characters, but I believe it's Diablo on the uh, El far, Diablo on the far right. Yeah. yeah. Um, who the makeup looks cool. Um, but he's, he's wearing a starter jacket. <laughs> he's dressed like he's, yeah, like coming from the bowling alley. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if those are Crocs that he's wearing. It kind of looks like Crocs. <laughs> a little bit. No, it looks like he's wearing Jordans, I think. But okay. like, he, he basically, he has like a Letterman jacket on, like he's on the high school football team. I hope that was, yeah, I hope that that wasn't for this photo or that's not how they're going to have him look. But, um, El Diablo is actually pretty cool. Uh, I mean, his his character only works in the Suicide Squad, quite frankly. He's not, um, but he's a, uh, El Diablo is a Firestorm villain. Yep. And his power are, um, the tattoos he have in his body allow him to access the powers of like, uh, like uh, satanic kind of powers. And mm-hmm. it's basically a random grab bag of powers that he can do. Like he can, you know, shoot laser beams or something or you know, uses ink to form like shadows and grab people with the shadows and stuff. But every time he uses up the tattoos, yeah, every time he uses them, the tattoos disappear. So if he doesn't have the tattoos on his body, he's powerless. And then he can't do anything until he tattoos his body back up. Yeah. So I, I just think that as a concept, I've always liked that. I've always thought that was pretty cool because like, 
I've always wanted tattoos, but I could never actually bring myself to get them because why? Yeah. And if I had El Diablo's powers where I could, you know, put a tattoo on my body that if I didn't like, I'd be like, okay, now use I'm it gonna... for voodoo stuff. Yeah, I could use it for voodoo stuff and then get rid of it. Right? Yeah, so no, like... there there are a couple other costumes here that I'm not sure about because I don't know who they're supposed to be. Uh, the dude on the far left is that Black Spider? No, that is, I believe, supposed to be Slipknot. Um, okay. The only reason I believe that is because he's got a rope. And rope. <laughs> Slipknot's a fire storm. But I hope that's not Black Widow or Black Spider, not Black Widow, Black Spider, because mm-hmm. Black Spider should look way cooler than that and be in a ninja outfit. But I think it's supposed to be Slipknot, where Slipknot was basically a low-level firestorm villain who okay. his power. He's not. He doesn't really have powers. He has a whip. He's a, he's a low-level. <laughs> Um, he's an accomplished mountaineer. Yeah, it's essentially he's a low level <laughs> dude, and he fought with a bull whip and with ropes, and that was just his thing. And okay. it was a total 50s, 60s thing. Um, but if you put him in the Suicide Squad, in like the new 52 version of the Suicide Squad in 2015, you can do stuff like have him kill people with bull whips, and then he can <laughs> get shot and die. And you can be like, ah, bull whip got shot, or something like that, right? All right. Uh, or buddy, not, not bull whip. Buddy in the center with a gun. That's supposed to be Rick Flag. Okay. Who is, well, I'm okay with that then. Yeah, the leader of the Suicide Squad. That makes sense then. And uh, girl standing next to him with the Sailor Moon thing on her head. <laughs> That's Katana. What? Isn't Katana the girl the crouching in the front? <laughs> yeah, that is. Oh, the Sailor Moon. Oh no, that's the Enchantress. Yeah, sorry. Because yeah, Katana's in the front, and they got the Katana mask on her, and that was the thing I fanboyed the most. And the fact that oh, I oh yeah, didn't, that looks amazing. Yeah, because the first time I saw it, I like scanned through everybody, and I was like, I guess that's what's just that. And I, like, and I did actually didn't even notice that Katana for like a good two three minutes. I was staring at the photo. I noticed that it said "Welcome to Bell Reeve," which is the prison that yep. mm-hmm. Amanda Waller runs, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, who's that turd looking dude supposed to be? And then I found out it was Killer Croc and I was immediately disappointed. And I was like, oh, that's supposed to be El Diablo. Cool. But why is he wearing a starter man jacket? And I'm like, and then I'm like, Mar- man, Mar- Margie, uh, Margot Robbie looks damn good as Harley Quinn. And I'm yes. like, I stared at it for like 10 minutes. And then I was like, oh my God, that's Katana. Like, freaked out. <laughs> down there at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, she's down there at the bottom. She's got a Katana and she's got the mascot. So I'm like, that looks badass. And I hope that, that they... Um, that was the hidden gem for me. Like I wasn't, I, did, I wasn't completely sure that she'd be in this movie. And I, I had no awesome looking costume. I saw this. Um, I don't know because I, I was talking about it with a few of our friends. Um, I'm not sure what their plan is. I hope their plan isn't to jam them all into one story. Um, is is my thing. Like, um, well, before I get into that, like, I'll t- I'll tell you how I would write the Suicide Squad movie, but um. I want to say Will Smith looks pretty badass, and you got him. I really like him in this this costume. Not so much the costume, but the expression works for me. Yeah. um, (laughs) Because he looks world-weary, and he's, like, doing this because he has to. Yeah, and he's got the bald head, and I think the bald head with the goatee is a great look for him. Yeah. It was like uh, Captain Boomerang as well, but then I'm a huge Captain Boomerang. (laughs) Me too, and they gave him the jacket and whatnot. They gave him the giant jacket, and they gave him the winter hat. Yeah, which is awesome. Uh, Um. They released a full shot today, or Leto tweeted out a full uh, solo shot of Will Smith with the Deadshot mask on. Yeah, I saw that too. And that, he looked pretty damn badass in that, I, I gotta say. Um, mm-hmm. There were a bunch of cast photos today of Margot Robbie. Like, they had a, a bunch more close-ups, and she's got, like, Joker tat, And she's wearing a, um, a short cut-off jacket, and they had a few shows, and on the back of the jacket it says, like, Property of Joker. Yeah. or something like that it was pretty cool and she's actually wearing you can't tell in the in the wide shot but yeah. in some of the the set photos they had of her today um in the live shot you can tell she's wearing a choker 
mm-hmm. but the choker actually <laughs> says Puddin. Yeah. Which I thought was like, oh my god! Just as a as a Harley Quinn fanboy, I was like, oh my god! It just it to me it reassured me that they're getting the tone. Yeah, I was worried about how she would look because I don't like the way that she looks in the comics. I like the way that, like, this is a bit more of, like, the Arkham City games, which I enjoy the yes. look of a bit more. So I, I think it's a, it's a actually a better splash of color in this otherwise drab-looking kind of group here. Yeah, and they're, 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 they're clearly modeling it, obviously, after the new 52 version of the Suicide Squad, not the old John Ostrander 80s version of Suicide Squad. Sure, I just, you know, I yeah. don't really like the red and black hair Harley wearing the halter top. <laughs> yeah, which... Not my favorite Harley. <laughs> uh, which is, I just, to me, it just lets me know. Like, honestly, I saw this photo and I saw the the shots of her on the set with the bat and like holding a baseball bat and stuff like that. The jacket that says property, the Joker. And I see Will Smith in the outfit and it just lets me know that they're getting the tone of what this is supposed to be, where it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be like the dirty dozens, but with super villains, it shows that. uh, And I I don't know. I felt better. I felt like they're like, they're getting this right. Basically put it this way. Seeing these photos, I felt the exact opposite seeing these photos and the set photos as I did when I saw that Batman versus Superman trailer. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. We had the same reaction to this photo, which was to breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, because, like, and like honestly, because Zack Snyder is, attential, is essentially going to take the Bible of comic books. Comic oh, here books, we go. <laughs> Bible of comic books, which is... I swore I wouldn't talk about this. Yeah, I know. He's essentially <laughs> taking the Bible. All right, so we won't do that. Talk to me. Uh, I'm not going to uh, rant on... All right, so... Uh... Even money, I'd suspect that you won't take my bet here because just looking at this cast lineup, kind of knowing who people are and who people aren't, um, this guy that you suspect to be Slipknot dead in the first three minutes, question mark? Well, yeah, he's probably the most expendable of this. Well, because this was my thing. This was I was talking about um, this with a couple of people. This is how I would write the Suicide Squad movie, and this might be their plan. I don't know. I wouldn't do it as one long movie. I would essentially do it like um, Robert Rodriguez did the first sin city movie where he did the first uh, sin city series of vignettes <laughs> where he told three separate stories right yeah and do that with the suicide squad where the first 10 minutes of the movie is them assembling task force x and then we watch them do three missions essentially throughout the movie and so the first story and then that way like, actually if you want to get super ambitious with it yeah. you could do it like pulp fiction style where well, you have like you have like an action much, scene, yeah. and then you have an introduction scene, and then you I think have that characters would be, dying, and then being in later parts of the movie. Yeah, I think that would be too much jumping back and forth. But I would say like like if you made the first ten minutes them assembling Task Force X, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like okay, first mission, and let's say the first mission only includes like Deadshot, Harley Quinn, uh, Captain Boomerang, and Slipknot. And then they go off and they do whatever. And then Slipknot gets killed and it's like, oh man, we got through that mission, but Slipknot died. And then Waller can be like, well, I don't give a shit. And then like, <laughs> it, you can like fade to black and then you can have a title card that says like mission two or something like that. Yeah. And then they're back getting debriefed on their next mission. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, here's El Diablo and killer croc. They're with you on this one. Right. <laughs> and like, um, and then you can just kind of know that like Killer Croc and El Diablo are going to be like the red shirts in Star Trek where that like, you know, like, like you could have like Harley Quinn and, and Deadshot be like, yeah, these guys aren't going to last long. <laughs> right. And so yeah. and then just do three separate missions and then one mission 
the Joker shows up, and that's why we and so we get Jared Leto for like a half hour in like Mission Two, and then like Mission Three. I don't. That's how I would try to write it, and I feel like that structure will work because then you can really capture the Suicide Squad of like, hey, people get killed in this, and they uh, don't. You have a rotating door, of and people. there's a <laughs> rotating door of these people that like Batman and Superman and the Justice League throw into jail, and then Waller basically uses as her personal. I mean, that that's how I'd write it, and I don't know if that's. Uh, especially considering that, like, I initially thought it was just going to be, like, five of these six guys. Like, I didn't know El Diablo, Katana, Croc, and Slipknot were going to be in it. I originally thought it was just going to be the five, yeah, which would have made too. it easier. But now that it's, like, closer to nine or ten, and, like, the IMDb yeah. says that... Um, Probably more. <laughs> well, the IMDb says that Batfleck and uh, Jesse Eisenberg are going to be in there, and Eisenberg's going to be back as Lex Luthor. Now, that could be just a, an excuse me cameo or something oh, like that. I see. But, but uh, who knows? Um, yeah, I, I, I was kind of ambivalent about this movie because, like I said, I, as much as I like DC Comics, I haven't been super hot on their movies recently, and I'm not a, a no huge fan of the Suicide Squad in any genre. Um, I like seeing Amanda Waller show up almost any time she does. Uh, so having knowing that uh, and having seen this cast photo, I am interested in this movie now. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm hoping that I'm hope that the problem is i feel like a lot of people are gonna like i'm gonna go see the suicide squad movie on opening day and i just yeah i expect it to not yeah. pull a lot of people into theaters yeah i don't i i think like hopefully if it's good it'll get some buzz and then people go like i don't expect it to have like a smash opening weekend especially considering that they're gonna release this movie um i don't know something like seven eight months after Batman Superman. Batman Superman, which is just not shaken up to be a great film. Um, I don't know. Maybe it will be, but I, I, I'm not going to hold my breath. I mean, I'm going to go see Batman Superman, but like uh, I talked earlier, <laughs> I talked earlier about how I've only, I'm I, like, I, there's only one director that exists that I'm, I've, I'm that if I ever meet him, I'm going to demand my, my $32 back. Batman Superman might be another one. Like I might demand my, I think that next time my, you and I hang out, yeah. um, I should force myself to watch man of steel. I can't keep making these snap decisions until I've, I, I should see it. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. Um, I'm sure it is, but I should know. Well, um, we're going to end up doing a commentary track to Man of Steel one day. I mean, maybe we'll do it right before, because um, you and I, we're, we're, we're going to get yeah, back together later on this week for a fun commentary track. I'll let you pick the movie. We're going to do the first X-Men movie. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, a couple people, uh, other people are coming on that way. It's actually going to be, it's shaping up to be like a big, oh, yeah? who are we getting? Four or five guys. Well, I don't want to spoil it. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, well, give it a tease. Give me one more person. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you off off there, but I don't want I want to leave it for the for, for the fans, the Piers. For the fans. But, <laughs> all right, all right. But, but I'll tell you off. But uh, just a little tease. At the very least, they know you and me will be back. Um, they, Dave will be back too. We'll, we'll right. say that Dave will be back for that one. So it'll be um, the entire crew from the Daredevil commentary plus a couple new people are going to be showing up. So it should be fun. Um, Interesting. And um, I'm going to go ahead and pencil us in for, uh, I don't know when that uh, gritty reboot of Fantastic Four is supposed to be coming out. <laughs> but, um, I saw a trailer for that in front of Avengers. Yeah, that, that was one of the trailers. Did you get a, speaking of which, this is, this is Anslayer, that, did you get a trailer for that 
the movie called The Gift? No. At the Avengers? Oh, no. my God. We got a trailer for a movie called The Gift. Like the Wait, 90s witch movie? <laughs> no. It, it, it was like a weird stalker movie with Jason Bateman. Like, basically, Jason... Wow. Ba- yeah, Jason Bateman and his wife moved, like, you know, years later, moved back into an old town that they, you know, that they grew up in. And they okay. run into a dude that they knew in high school who was supposed to be, like, this weirdo, but now he's, like, a rich millionaire. And he basically stalks them. Okay. And then it turns out that like, and like he starts like creepily hanging out with his wife and stuff. But then his wife like learns that, hey, this guy might not be the creepy guy. Maybe it's Jason Bateman who's actually the creepy guy. And it's called The Gift, and it's like based on a book. And it was really creepy trailer. Like YouTube it after we're done this show, and you know those listening YouTube it. But they put that on before Avengers, which made no sense because there were like seven-year-olds in the theater right oh. and then the rest of the the rest of the trailers made sense because they trailered um ant-man and then they trailered tomorrowland and then they trailered uh the minions movie and they trailered that pixar movie that's coming oh, out. oh see yeah you got the all the uh, more kid oriented ones then yeah i went i went to a late showing so i got uh I got Pixels, which is the new Adam Sandler, Kevin James. Yeah, and video you know what? I've never life. paid for an Adam Sandler movie in theaters. I might go see that one. I might I, actually I see got that. my fingers crossed for that one, yeah. I'm like, of course Kevin James is there, <laughs> but of course. Um, yeah, there was that. There was uh, the Fantastic Four. Um, yeah, we got the Fantastic Four, too. There was the Batman Superman. No, we didn't get that one. Uh, so I'm like, oh, good. Star Wars, we got. And then we, we got Star Wars then, yeah. yeah. But, like, the rest of them made sense, given what the movie was and the audience i don't even yeah i don't even care about the time but like given the audience even if even if it was a 10 30 show i wouldn't have put the gift up there during freaking avengers avengers <laughs> like yeah. it's weird like you have to youtube the trailer for that because it was just weird anyway yeah so I was, I was just gonna say when it gets closer to um that gritty weird looking reboot of the fantastic four movie we're gonna sit down and record a commentary track to that really crappy jessica alba one that came out because that one will be fun to have a couple of drinks. And the the first one? To. Yeah, the first one. Not Cause, cause at, least, so at least Doug Jones is in the second one. That's true. So was Adrian Bronner, or however you pronounce his last oh, name. They dragged boy. him into that movie, too. Yeah. They dragged him and Lawrence Fishburne into that movie. Oh, God. Yikes. That one will be anyway. fun. <laughs> that, that one will be just as tough as Daredevil to get through. But X-Men should be fun to get through, even though that movie will be... Like, that movie's got so many flubs in it that it, it'll be, uh, like, as lovable as it is, it'll be easy to make fun of, I think. Um, it's almost cute going back to that movie now. Yeah, like, I, think uh, it, I think it'll be fun. I, I think that one will be a lot more fun. Like, I mean, I had a lot of fun doing the Daredevil one, so I, I think I think we'll uh, we'll have a lot of fun doing the X-Men. Anyway, but that's later on this week. Cool. Um, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Go see it in the theaters. Uh, do you want to give a plug to this? You said you wanted to give a plug later on. Uh, yes. Uh, the one that I will mention, uh, he's actually on two podcasts. Uh, both of them are kind of linked together. He, they don't share continuities or anything like that. But uh, if you go to hi101.ca, uh, it's his podcast, HI101, uh, which is basically uh, a bi-monthly or semi-monthly, I should say. Um, it releases on the first and fifteenth of every month. It's a history podcast, so I've been on that one a couple times. Basically, he has one guest on. Uh, they he, the guest picks a historical topic that they want to know more about, uh, and he researches it. And it's basically just a friendly conversation slash lecture about that historical topic. It, I've learned a lot listening to it, and having been on it a couple times, discussed a few of my favorite topics. Um, mine are more scientific based. So the first one was. Uh, 
you know, the truth behind the Tesla Edison rivalry. Um, and the other one was the uh, U.S. Soviet space race. So a lot of fun. Uh, the other one is called Truth Bombs, and it's just a gen- general comedy one that he does with his uh, two siblings. It's a lot of fun, too. I've been on that one, I think, three times now. That one sounds pretty awesome. That sounds like an awesome concept. i got to try to get on that one. That oh, one's a lot of fun, actually. Where can they find us? Uh, hi101.ca is the history one. Uh, I don't actually remember the website for Truth Bombs, but I'm sure there's a link on hi101. So you find it on iTunes or SoundCloud? Or... They are on iTunes, yes. You can search on Truth Bombs and hi101. All right. That sounds great. Um, Kevin Miller, thanks for coming out. We'll, always uh, a pleasure. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, like talk to Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, talk to later later on this week when we record that uh, X-Men podcast. Take yeah. care. Until next time, listeners.